You're listening to the Catholic Psyche Podcast. The Catholic Psyche Podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended to take the place of medical or mental health treatment, therapy, or diagnosis. You should always consult a trained mental health or medical professional for such treatment. Hi, this is Deacon Basil with the Catholic Psyche Podcast. Today is Monday, and on Mondays, we answer questions from our question and answer, what we call the mailbag, which are submitted on the catholicpsyche.com slash contact us page. If you like your question answered or examined, please feel free to submit that question there, and we'll get to it as soon as we're, po- uh, as soon as we're able to. Today, we've got a question. It says, Dear Deacon, I have struggled with the use of alcohol, food, and other substances for much of my adult life. I have never really thought of myself as addicted, but have never honestly attempted quitting or curbing my use. With the state, excuse me, with the start of the new school year, I am looking to give up alcohol and drugs and don't know if I am addicted or not. If I am addicted, then I feel that I would need the help of a therapist. If I am not, I feel that it would still be a very difficult battle. How do I know if I am addicted or not? I think this is a, a really great question. It was one that I was really struck by its humility. Um, I think we all struggle with things. Uh, the saints struggled with addictions. I think we all struggle with compulsive behavior in some way. Uh, St. Paul did. You know, He says, I do the things that I do not want to do. Um, so it is a, a typical a typical experience for, for many people, and I, uh, myself included. And I think you know, I really appreciate just the humility of it. The question that you have is right to the heart of whether this is an addiction or not. And I think kind of thinking about this, it, it, it's a question that asks sort of like a clinical side of addiction. What is a diagnostic criteria for alcoholism? What's the diagnostic criteria for caffeine use? What's the diagnostic criteria for, for, um, you know, substance abuse or cannabis abuse? And, and I think it's a good question. So there's that side, and then you have the sort of practical side, the kind of cultural side of addiction in general, which is maybe not a qualifications for addicted uh, behavior, you know, from a diagnostic perspective, but is is sort of a cultural aspect of, of addiction. I think the big thing for me then is, okay, is this a moral issue in your mindset? And we know that addiction does have a moral component to it, but it is also a disease. It's a disease that, you know, it can be a real struggle for people. That doesn't mean that, you know, it's okay that we're addicted um, because of it, uh, because it's just a sickness. But it is also, you know, it does have a moral component to it. For me, the big question outside of the moral is, how is this causing the ramifications in your larger life? Because whether you're addicted or not clinically... If it's causing issues, if it's causing you to have ramifications in in other areas of your life, sort of negative ramifications in other areas of your life, then it really needs to be looked at in a, in a very close way by you and perhaps with professional help. The model that we in psychotherapy use, we in psychology use, um, sociology, I think all of the social sciences use this model. Um, it's typically called the biopsychosocial model. We also add the biopsychosocial spiritual model. So what are the biological, the psychological, the social, or the spiritual ramifications of this behavior? So let's start with maybe uh, food addiction. What are the biological ramifications of food addiction? 
are you having major physical issues because of the because of the addict the addictive quality of food and it is a it is a strong addiction and i think you know we have to keep that in mind that it is that food is an addiction or perhaps it's a biological addiction towards um towards alcohol or some other substance as as it was put what is this compulsion what is this compulsion that you have and is it causing biological ramifications not only that i think with biology you with the biological side you have to also question how is this going to affect your health in the long run how is this going to affect the health not just here in you know perhaps your early life or i, I don't know how old you are but you know I'm thinking for myself, you know, what are the decisions that I'm making in my 30s and how are those going to affect my body in my when it's 60? What are the ramifications of this? And I think that is a real serious question that we have to answer when it comes to things like biology, uh, when it comes to things like alcohol, food and other substances. What are the psychological ramifications? One of my big concerns is, especially with alcohol or other drugs, is how are you able to sort of think clearly? Are you constantly thinking about this substance? Are you constantly thinking about, you know, getting home and having that beer? Are you constantly thinking about, you know, um, the, you know, lunch so that you can't focus? What are the psychological ramifications of that? And I think it's also important to say that, you know, alcohol in and of itself is not a problem unless it becomes addictive. Unless it becomes an addiction, then it really becomes a big problem. So... If it's, you know, the, the psalm, I think it's Psalm 103 in the Byzantine tradition. I think it's Psalm 104 in the Roman. Psalm 103 says, you made wine to cheer man's heart. There's something very good about that. But if it's causing, if it's the focus, is that cheer is the focus, then there's something that we really need to, to focus in on from a, uh, for, well, that we need to examine from a psychological perspective. What are the social ramifications? Are you the kind of person that can only be around friends if you're drinking? I get very concerned when people tell me all about their friends and there always has to be a, a bottle of, you know, bottles of beer involved in their social interaction. Is that because of social anxiety? Do you feel only comfortable when you're out um, drinking because it lowers your inhibition? Because you're very shy? Because you have social anxiety, because you have some other issues going on. What are the social purposes going on? And perhaps there's negative ramifications of that as well. If you're getting drunk every single night and you're not able to maintain a social, uh, a social network, a social uh, community, and that means offline as much as it means online, you know, if you're able to maintain that, you know, with the way in which you're using your drinking or food or substance use, then absolutely. We need to examine that. And then finally, what are the spiritual ramifications? If you're waking up Sunday morning hungover, or if you're focused and can, cannot fast because of your food addiction, if you are unable to do you know, the basics of the spiritual life, or really advancing within the spiritual life to some degree, then it is something that really needs to be examined from a clinical perspective, and I think can be very, very, very helpful in that regard. So what are the biopsychosocial spiritual ramifications of this struggle? And are they causing negative aspects there? So what are some options? Well, I think the decision to enter therapy is always, always, always the client, the clients. I very often will tell the client right on the first session, like this entire disclosure statement, basically what it says is it says you're the boss. You can stop at any time. You can start again. You have access to all of the records. It, you are the boss. 
you are the boss. And so if you're the boss, you need to be able to, the one to make that decision. But a therapist can really help. A therapist can really help be able to clear up some of those things. Is this just compulsive behavior or is this addictive behavior? If it's addictive, if it's even compulsive, you know, it doesn't really make that much of a difference if it's negative in your life. And there can be a lot of questions as to why this specific uh, substance, whether it be food, alcohol, drugs, whatever, pornography, whatever, there can be a lot of reasons why that is going on in your life. And, and so cognitive use can be, uh, you know, the cognitive examination. What are the thoughts and beliefs that you're having behind this um, that you're retreating into alcohol for? You know, sometimes I'll ask people who uh, tell me that they're, they're addicted or have struggles with alcohol. I mean, I have to be in the right situation with them. But I think it is the question of what are you hiding from? What are you hiding from that is causing this alcohol to be the the um, the the use of the alcohol is is what you're using to hide from your uh, from your life? So a therapist can be very helpful. You know, another group that can be extremely helpful is um, the AA NA AA is Alcohol Anonymous. NA is Narcotics Anonymous. There is the SA, which is Sexaholics Anonymous. There's a Food Addicts Anonymous. There's all of this. Uh, there's the Adult uh, Children of Alcoholics program uh, called Al-Anon. They are phenomenal programs and can really uh, do some good work. I think usually it can be helpful in conjunction with therapy. Um, so sometimes um, the AA will start with you know an extreme time of, of going every single day for maybe two, three months. Um, that can be helpful. Uh, sometimes it can be done, you know, going on a weekly basis, but then also seeing a therapist and that kind of extends it over. So if you know that you have a real struggle with alcohol use um, or food use or drug use on Friday night, for example, then maybe it's better to go to a meeting on Friday night than to be sitting at home pretending like you're not going to, you know, sitting there and being like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, sometimes those meetings can really help break up those times of, of real, uh, trouble. And I think, you know, there's something to that. Um, just getting out of the, uh, the pattern. So all of these things can be, can be really, really, um, useful. AA, there are facilities like, uh, in treatment facilities, which can be really, really good. Um, and then general therapy. The one thing that I, I really want to end on here is to say addiction is not easy. It's not fun. It is a real struggle. It has destroyed lives and you're not alone in this. You're not the only one who has struggled with this. I think we all struggle with some kind of addictive behavior, if we're honest. And it's something that we really need to work through. Yours might be a little bit more acute than others, but it is something that I think can be overcome um, and, and, and can you can do great things. Uh, a therapist friend of mine told me that he... Uh, He's an older friend, but he said 40 years, 40 years sober, and he showed me his, uh, his, uh, his uh, AA um, medallion, 40 years sober, and he was apparently, describes it as being the most addicted an alcoholic could possibly be, and he was able to overcome it. We're all able to overcome our, our struggles because it's the Lord working in our lives. So please, uh, please, please, please keep this in heart, uh, keep, keep heart. And uh, keep it in mind that, you know, you're not alone and that there are a lot of resources out there.
If you like what you heard today, please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us if you're on iTunes, and uh, leave us a comment down below. It really helps us move forward um, on, the, on the standings. And if you have a question, please again go to thecatholicpsyche.com slash contact us, and we will see you next time on the Catholic Psyche Podcast.